hockey fans, T-Boz is 13-3 here with another top-shelf guest, Rochester, Minnesota native, Nall 3 Fraser Cup winning coach, and current head coach of the NAHL's Chippewa Steel, Chris Ratzloff. This episode is sponsored by Riverside Bike and Skate, Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, Dooley's Pub, Computer Recovery Associates, Eau Claire Ford, and Market and Johnson Mogi. Well, Coach, we thank you so much for being so gracious to host us here at the Chippewa Area Ice Arena. And we're uh, we're ready to be dialed in and check out your story here. Thanks, yeah, for, no, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, I look at your guest list and I kind of wonder if you guys were uh, drawing short straw here or, or, or how I ended up on your list. But I, pre- I appreciate it. Well, you were in the top 10. We just were finally making from the bottom up. That's how that's working. <laughs> You know, let, tell us about your uh, first season here as head coach with uh, the Chippewa Steel. How's it going so far? It's going, it's going really well. You know, it's uh, definitely a transition um, coming in, coaching obviously higher level players. Um, Casey left it in a good spot when he left, and and it's it's been good. You know, we're a young team, so still learning every day, but it's it's a great group. And the Nall is a great league for players to grow, develop, move on. You know, is this can you can it be said the same for coaches? Is this kind of a breeding ground for you guys moving up as well? I think it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, John Cooper's probably the best example. Yes. Um, but you know, there's been a number of coaches that have come through the league, and they're Division One. Casey's another good example, moving up to a Division One program. Uh, Mike Aiken's a good friend of mine. Uh, went to Anchorage after he was with us in Rochester, and he's at St. Lawrence now. So yeah, it's a it's a good development league for you know for everyone. So what's the big difference between the Nall 3 and the Nall? You know, obviously 3 is a little bit lower level. Now you're up here. What are the differences yeah, between I, the players, the leagues? I think the, the biggest thing is uh, the 3HL is a pay-to-play. So, you know, that's a whole different animal as, oh, on the business okay. side. Yep. So the recruiting's different. Um, you know, stuff like that. There's a lot of great players there. Um, but, you know, you're looking at a lot of Division One players here. So the talent's, the talent's higher. I'd say the the uh, the lower end for for our division here and the the upper end for the 3HL isn't as far apart as a lot of people think. You know, it's um, a lot of times it's players getting opportunities, and if uh, if they don't get that opportunity, they just they just don't get a chance in the North American League. So yeah, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about your recruiting and stuff, but let's talk about you for just a moment and your hockey background. Rochester, Minnesota, Jar- John Marshall. Uh, won a high school hockey tournament in 1977. They are the first and only large school from southern Minnesota to win or come in second at the tourney. Why is that, and how did that feel, being on that uh, big ring? <laughs> it's, um, you know, w- one of the things that people don't understand, I think, about Rochester is there's four high schools, um, one, pro- one youth program that feeds four high schools. So it's, it's tough once they get spread out. Um, for a team to make a run like that and they don't have open enrollment so it's where you live is the school you play for unless it's for the private school lord so um yeah 77 was a great uh, great season like that's kind of what got us into hockey um i know one of your one of your next questions is going to be if if i have any ties with any of those players and we, we can talk about that then but the 77 team you know watching them on tv kind of inspired a lot of us younger guys so yeah, it's a great thing. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, the next year, 78, they took second, I believe. Um, and then not another state appearance until uh, my senior year, I guess, 88. So, 
And it's been pretty quiet since down there too, hasn't it? Has. it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So did looking back on the inspiration of the 77 team when you were in high school looking back, I mean, are there photos up in the locker room that kind of say, hey, we, we, we can do this if we want to? So the crazy thing about Rochester is with the four schools, the youth program, no one has their own locker room. So we don't have that luxury, you know, in Rochester like everyone else does. So there's history in the rinks, but that's about it. You know, there's not a locker room where you can have that pride and stuff like that. So it's more just the the whole town. Yes. But it's hard to really focus then if you're the, you know, Rochester Mayo kid. Thinking about Rochester, John Marshall, it's like, ah, oh, you know, I don't care about them. I want to be the mail guy. I want to do it with mail, right? Yeah, it leads to a, it leads to a funny point. Um, so we were, um, I can't remember what year it was, uh, but you know, I just mail beat JM, and I was just disgusted. And my wife, my wife being from Red Wing, she's like, "You haven't been playing for you know twenty years." And I said, it just never goes away. <laughs> you know, it never goes That's away. Awesome. There's that rivalry. It should be. There's that rivalry, and it just it never goes away. <laughs> As it should be. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You know, we have uh, Eau Claire North and Eau Claire uh, Memorial. The rivalry here in the Twin Cities, you know, there's all those rivals. And that, that yep. makes sense. You know, you're a kid. You grow up watching your team. You watch them on TV. You want to be that guy. You yep. want to be on TV. And, yeah, there's something to be said. It's kind of in your DNA now. You yep. know, I'm, yep. a, I'm a John Marshall guy. That's right. Rocket. What drew you to the game? Um, actually, we had a pond in our neighborhood, and two of the guys on that 77 team, Dan Erickson and John Erickson, they were their, their parents were friends with my parents. So we got old skates, old sticks from those guys, and we didn't know anything about hockey. My dad was a basketball guy. I came from an area in Minnesota where they didn't even have hockey. So we, uh, we'd take those, you know, the gear that they gave us out on the pond, and we'd be out there till our fingers and toes were frozen, and that's kind of how it started. You know, we, we didn't play organized hockey. I didn't play organized hockey until fifth grade, I think. So and what, late, late start. So us. is that because... <clears throat> You just didn't have an opportunity. Dad was a basketball guy. It, was it your buddies that said, "Come on, man, we got to get you on. We got to get you on the rink." <laughs> yeah, we just didn't know any better. Honestly, you know, just naive. Lived out in the country, and and uh, we just didn't know until the Erickson family said, "Hey, you need to get your kids into this." And then, you know, Pop started looking at the dollar signs, and he's like, "I don't know if that's the right thing we want to do, but." <laughs> <laughs> Right. Do what you got to hey, do for the kids, we, we right? Love, we love the game, all three of us, and, and you know, that's that's how it started. Oh, that's great. Did you – well, you didn't even come from a hockey culture, but as you grew in the sport, did you have a favorite player then eventually that you were, you know, modeling your game after? That That's one of my favorite questions. You know, I, I, I wasn't a very good hockey player. I was kind of uh, – a good teammate and uh, a guy that would do out, get out there and do whatever whatever I needed to do, you know, get it in the corner and go finish checks. Um, so, but I liked the skill guys. You know, Neil Broughton was one of my favorite guys. Steve Eisenman was one of my favorite guys growing up. So, you know, I'd watch them and say, "Well, it would be fun to do that kind of stuff." But you know, I knew my role. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that role is so important for those other guys, right? The guy yep. who mucks it in the corner, gets that puck out, gets it to Broughton in the slot, gets to Eiserman. Yeah. You know, kind of like the unsung hero of a lot of teams. You know, are those third, fourth line grinders? Yep. Yep. That's a true statement. Yep. 
based on what you're telling me and, and looking at your physique, you probably weren't afraid to go in the corner and mix it up a little bit. <laughs> I was in a lot better shape when I played. In fact, a few, a few people, they, uh, some, some uh, dads of some guys that I've coached, they found some old pictures of me from college and stuff, and they were like, wow, rats, you were, you were ripped back then. And I was like, well, you know, I kept it's still, eat, it's kept, still there. I kept eating like I was, kept eating like I was playing, but, uh, you know, I didn't, didn't have that exercise anymore. So. <laughs> that happens to all of us, I think, at uh, once. I, I think so, too. I, yep, yep. So, Coach, you mentioned the 1997 team, or 1977 team. Do you, as you've been down there, you know, I know you coached in Rochester in high school and with the Grizzlies. Did you ever run into any of those guys or get a chance to skate with them at yeah, all? Yeah, you know, I've been fortunate to uh, to, to be friends with uh, the Lisi brothers, Scott and Todd, uh, who both played at Wisconsin. Um, the Ericsons, like I mentioned before, um, uh, Paul Brandrup, you know, they're some of the guys that are back in town, kind of helped mentor us when we were younger and stuff. So um, privileged to, you know, we talk about Mayo and the, rival, the rivalry with them, but uh, the Johansson brothers, uh, Jimmy and John Johansson, um, Kenny was, you know, he was one of our guys that we'd go to his hockey school in the summer. So kind of grew up, we were, we were fortunate enough to grow up around around all those guys and, and have still have friendships with some of them to this day. So it's nice. Like JC said, you know, the kids coming up know that they could be that guy someday down the road if they really wanted to, you know, if they work hard and, you know, do the right things yep. and, uh, and keep that compete level high. Yeah. Heck yeah. It's, it's always nice to, to see that where you can move up, but you, you obviously weren't a slouch. I mean, you ended up playing in the USHL. I mean, that's, that's pretty damn good. So let's, let's, let's qualify that a little bit. The, USA, the USHL today is a lot different than the USHL was back then. Yeah, you know, but the, the fans the, don't know that. They, they don't. Up they don't. So, so, you know, back then the elite players would go straight to college, you know. So now now you're kind of required unless you're super elite. You know, you guys just had Jimmy Snuggerud on here. Um, you know, he's a special guy. And, and you know, those guys, they can make that, that step. But back then, you know. For us, we had to go go through the junior ranks. So, <laughs> you know, but I think a lot of the guys, um, even you know, you look at the at the guys in the CCHA, um, you look in the guys in the NCHC. I think a lot of those guys do go the junior route, and you see more guys going that junior route because that USHL is such a yeah premier it's, program. It's pretty much required now, unless you're elite. Right. Um, but but back then, those those players would you know those those high end players they'd go straight to college. So. But it was a it was a good league back then, and you look back to the coaches that were in the league back then, and um, you know you see some guys uh, trying to think. You know, um, Bob Motzka was he was one of the coaches back in the league when I played. So I mean, wow. you see some big time guys now that that's where they started too. So you know, you talk about development with coaches. Yeah, it's been kind of been going on since way back then. So yeah, well, obviously, based on what you're saying, is things have changed in the USHL dynamics. Were you drafted, or did you try out, or how did that work? Then? So, I back it back then they had like protected areas. So if you came from a certain area, and, and I actually played for Rochester my first year, um, so I played for the Mustangs. Kevin Kevin Constantine was the coach before he took the job with uh, I believe it was San Jose at that time. Um, so I played one year with the Mustangs, and then the way I ended up in Des Moines was they didn't want me back. So which ended up being a great thing for everyone. Um, they got rid of me, and 
and I was able to move away and grow up. I mean, that's, which is a big part of junior hockey, you know, oh, guys boy, getting away yeah. from home and growing up, you know, oh, yeah. kind of learn how to be on your own and stuff. So that was, it was a good thing. Okay. Then how did you land at UW River Falls? Oh, uh, Dean Talifus came and saw me maybe on my best day. It must have been in Madison. I remember he came down after the game and he said, Hey, we, you know, if you're interested, we want you to come check the school out. And, and, uh, so I think he saw that I accepted my role. And I think he saw my group of friends that were hanging out with me because they were a lot better players, and we ended up getting a bunch of those guys, too. So, <laughs> so that's, some, that's some smart recruiting by Tally right there. And he'll probably wow. even tell you that. <laughs> I wish we had known that. We interviewed yeah. him, too. He's yeah, one yeah. of our prior yep. guests. So, I saw uh, that. Good guy. Yeah, really well, good and guy. no slouch is a player himself. So, right. you know, yep. I, if I was in your shoes, I'd be strutting pretty good. That, yeah. you know, Tally picked me up to play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. So any other coach, any other schools looking at you? Anybody talking to you at that time? Or? No, honestly, they were kind of the first ones, and you know it was close to Rochester, and uh, you know it was a it was a chance for a, a new start because he had just gotten the job, so he was kind of rebuilding the program. So it was a good good opportunity for me and the guys that ended up coming. I think we had um, um, Greg Joyce came from Des Moines, uh, Jake Mastel, Jeff Cates from. The Vulcans back then, and then Chris Brown, who's at UAF coaching now with Casey, um, he he was playing in Waterloo, so it was, it was quite a group. Yeah, that's yeah, a nice that's group. Great. Yeah. 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 Well, you battled in the WEAC at that time, <clears throat> and you know it's still River Falls is still in the WEAC with you know the Blue Goals and and you know whoever else from Wisconsin. In your day, was there a particular rival that stands out? You know, I think it went kind of it was kind of in cycles. Um, Stevens Point was winning national championships like crazy back then, so that was always a big weekend when we played them. Um, I think you had Alex Hicks on as another one of your guests, you know, him and Alex and Mark were in, in Eau Claire at that time, so that was another big rival when those two were there. Um, UWS was always a battle. It might be a fight, but it, it was a battle, you know, so it was, it was kind of a unique rivalry with each team within. Was there a particular barn that you guys liked to go to or – you knew you were going to be in for one when you well, got there? Yeah, back then, Stevens Point, they had like a whole routine where they had a guy that was running a, a like a pregame show, put, give, making announcements and stuff like that. And then their student section was just wild back then. Our goalie's helmet came off, and he was a little light on hair on the top. And, and boy, <laughs> they saw that, and they just they rode him hard. So... You so know what? They, they were they were a rough group over there. Oh boy! That's yeah, a, yeah. That's, yeah. You know that's the, the advantage of the home rink. You know, you just take advantage of the student section and the fans, and you just ride the yeah. piss out of everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Ride that yeah. Poor goalie had no mercy. No. Oh no. man! You know, you had mentioned earlier UW Superior. There might be a little bit of a fight or something. Uh, you know. There's various opinions in all levels of hockey as to whether fighting has a role. Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I do. I think it's it's got a place, um, you know, and usually it's to keep guys that are dirty players in check, you know, that they have to answer the call to that. Um, you know, I think it's it's less of a role nowadays than, than it used to be. Um, I think for the most part, guys, you know, play with uh, a little more respect than they did back then and don't use that as, you know, there, there are teams that would try to intimidate, but I don't think it's as common as it used to be. There's a lot more skill in the game. Um, but I think, you know, if you're going to be dirty and you're going to take cheap shots at skilled players, I think you should have to stand up for yourself and, and back it up. So, 
So we recently talked to a couple guys that are playing in the CCHA right now, and they played they played in the USHL. And of course, you can fight in the USHL. You know, you've got the the, the visor. And they said it's a different game when you get up to the NCAA without the fighting. Guys say a lot, a lot of things. Sticks get in places where they shouldn't be, and you've got the full cage. And they said that they would rather see some of that at the NCAA level too, and get some of that crap out of it. Yeah, yep, I would agree with that. Um, you know, obviously it's been a while since I've played college hockey, but I would say it was it was it was the same back then. You know, once the cages came back on, and and once you, uh, you know, you couldn't fight anymore, it's it got a little, you know, a lot more stick work and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So you're a River Falls guy. Back in the day, W I think it's W H Hunt or W A Hunt Arena. Yeah, William H Hunt. Have, yeah. have you been there since they did the remodel a few years ago? I have. Yes. What do you think um, of that? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, I actually. I actually got in there. We had a little bit of a reunion from our 94 team uh, where they gave us a tour and all that kind of stuff. We were over there, and it was, uh, it, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, nice. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then my daughter played for Scholastica, so we'd get to run up and watch her against River Falls. Nice. Too, so so yeah. the generation of hockey has been continued it in has, your family. Yes, it has. That's awesome. You started coaching at the high school level. When did you get the itch? To, to coach and tell us a little bit about the journey that that started out as as coaching yeah so actually actually my my first coaching gig was with tally um right after my senior year he asked me if i'd be an assistant coach for a wisconsin select team for that big tournament that they used to have in in st paul yeah um so that was my that was my first coaching besides helping out with hockey schools and stuff like that when i was younger uh but that was you know you got the d i got the forwards and here we go we're gonna go up to uh we went up to uws for a training camp for a week and then uh we played in that big tournament in st paul in minneapolis and st paul and uh so that was you know i've always loved um helping younger kids with development and stuff like that so that was kind of the first the first thing then when i kind of got away from the game a little bit when i went home got married um when my kids were little and then i as they got into it then i got back into it with coaching youth teams so i coached youth probably for up until i started with john marshall so nice all right so you, you jumped to john marshall you're back in your hometown and was it fun to be back on the ice in the hometown? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And it was one of those that I really I didn't seek it out. Uh, one of my teammates when I played for Rochester, Jay Ness, um, he applied for the job and he called me and he said, hey, if I get it, will you help me? And I nice. said, sure. You know, thinking there's no chance he's going to get it. So, so he calls me. He calls me and he's like, we got it. And I was like, okay, here we go. So I told my wife, and she's like, well, you know, I'm not going to come to any of the games. And I said, that's all right. You know, I, this, you don't have to. And at that time, I think my my boy was uh, maybe a second-year peewee, so he was a ways off from high school. Sure. Which he was going to be at John Marshall, so I figured, I'll, you know, hopefully I'm still there when he when he gets there. And I was, so that was, yeah, that's that's how the high school started. So your wife wasn't from a hockey family? No, she's uh, she came from a family with two girls, so she played volleyball and basketball and nice, yeah, warm, warm gyms. Yeah, <laughs> didn't want to go to the cold rink, huh? right? But we did find <laughs> out she was a she was a high school cheerleader for hockey, and 
we kind of figured out that she was at the game when I scored my first high school goal as a cheerleader for the other team. So oh, that was, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. Well, you're coaching high school back in your hometown, and all three, the Rochester Grizzlies, come calling. Did you did you apply? Were they headhunting and they said we want this stud or, or yeah how, how yeah yeah let's go with that one. Um, <laughs> no, so so my my son actually was playing for John Ballancourt, another one of your guests, sure, yeah. um, in lacrosse at the time, um, and Casey moved to town, and I was trying to help him find a place to live. So we were kind of friends from day one when he got to town. So. We'd be going out. I, I was helping Valancourt out with, with scouting, so I'd be out, and Casey would be out, and we'd see each other, and he's like, what are, what are we doing? You know, why are you, why are you working for him? You should come work with us. So I said, ah, I mean, John's been so good to my boy. You know, I, I just want to help him as long as I can, you know. So, sure. Um, so I was out scouting for John, and then uh, – John called and he said that he was probably taking a new job. So I called Casey and I said, hey, looks like John's moving up to the wilderness. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to come help you now. So he's like, okay, put a proposal together with the, <clears throat> with the owners of Rochester and Austin. And he said, we'll, uh, we're going to have Rats come and be a skills guy. He's going to be on the ice with us a couple days a week, and then he's going to scout for us. So uh, that was the, the grand plan by, uh, by Casey. And then, you know, we get to, uh, the Bruins, Bruins main camp and, and Casey's like, Hey, um, I just got a job with St. Cloud. So like I, the, the owners of Rochester didn't even know me yet. And, and he's like, you're going to, you know, this is my plan. You're going to take over for me. And so I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I ended up sitting down with the owners in, in Austin, um, during main camp and it went well obviously and they offered me the job and so our local paper guy uh jason feldman was there and he's like rats what are you doing i'm like oh, i'm just helping out you know and then pretty soon they make the announcement that i'm taking the job and rochester's like why didn't you tell me i was like i didn't even know what was going on to be honest with you. so it felt like i went from the equipment manager or slash laundry guy or whatever it was that casey was going to have me do uh to the head coach just just like that so and you had a pretty darn good run down there. Let me see what I what I figured out here. So three Central Division titles, two Fraser Cup finals, and a Fraser Cup title. And you were the coach of the year, 2021 and 21 22. So where did all this success come from? From the laundry room, Oak. Yeah, 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 equipment yeah. manager, sharpening skates. And, a, lot of, a lot of time to know, think when you're watching the dryer go around. Yeah, again, again, you know, Casey did a great job uh, with the culture that he built down there, and we just kind of continued what he had started. You know, he said, what we're going to do here is we're going to get younger players. We're going to give them opportunities to make it to the North American League, you know, and if, if not, we're going to find them Division Three schools to play for. So, you know, I just kind of stepped into something that he had built and, you know, continued what he had started. So, wow. The Nall three is, is a very tough league in that if you want to, if you feel that you're a skilled player, it takes a lot to go up the ladder. Did you see many of your kids get that opportunity to go from the Nall three up, up the ladder a little bit? Yeah, we were we were fortunate enough to have good relationships with um, with coaches in the North American League, and you know we were recruiting the right players. So, 
I think our best season, we had guys advance every year, but I think our best year, I think we had eight guys that ended up going from our team to play in the North American League oh, and stick nice. with teams the next year. That's really nice. So, yeah, and it was, it was good. You know, the location's huge because we were within three and a half hours of, like, St. Cloud, the Wilderness, Chippewa, Austin, um, Janesville. So just having that location was big. We'd have calls from coaches, and, and John would call me. You know, he'd be like, rats, I'm down a D. Oh. Can you have a kid meet us in Austin? So we'd send a kid over, and he'd play for, play for the wilderness that night. And then, you know, two weeks later, um, Casey might call in, in Saint, from St. Cloud and say, hey, we need a kid. You know, so we send a kid up to St. Cloud. And, and then when Casey got the job over here, he'd get guys over to fill in, you know, when he needed guys. So I think just being in that location – allowed kids to get looks and from different teams and then you know then they kind of knew who they were and that they might fit into their program and and then they took chances on them and for most of them it worked out pretty well so so you said yeah yeah recruit the right kids okay so i want to know part of the part of my question is going to be okay how do you know what what the right kid is what what tangible intangibles does he have obviously he has to skate shoot whatever um your ability to pick these kids and develop them so they can get to that next level, boy, that's got to be just an unbelievable feather in your cap. I mean, that tells you you're doing what needs to get done as a coach. Yeah, so I think the, the you know, I don't know, I, I, back then I'd say I don't know how good of a coach I was. I'm, I was a good recruiter, so I'm, I'm going to get the right kids, right? So, yeah. And when you say that, you know, I think the first thing we're looking at is what kind of a kid is it? Is he a good kid with good character, good work ethic? You know, is he going to, be coachable. I mean, that's that's probably, especially at that level, you know, that's probably the biggest thing because most of those guys are missing either like hockey IQ or some skill that might be able to be developed to, to get them to the next level. And it's probably just one or two things that they're missing. So, um, you know, when we'd go watch kids, we'd meet with them, meet their parents, you know, just find out you know what's what's inside of this guy we see what we see what we see right so the hockey stuff we know what what that is but you know what is he a guy that's gonna you know dig deep when we really need him to dig deep or is he a guy that wants it easy all the time is he a guy that's gonna you know pick the tape up off the locker room or is he gonna walk past it and let someone else pick it up you know just little things like that and i think um you know those are the guys that are that there's, they want to be winners. I saw something on Twitter. I can't remember which coach it was, but he talked about winners know why they're winners, but losers don't know why they're losers. You know, because winners understand the little things that it takes to be a winner, and they're willing to do those things. So I think those are the those are the players that we looked for then, and and we still do now. You know, are we are we looking for a guy that's going to be a, a a classy guy when we're down five to one or are we looking for a guy that's out there swinging his stick at guys you know and stuff yeah. like that so i mean you find the right players and then the hockey just takes care of itself i think so yeah. nice does that hold true for you and i'm going to jump forward to the steel so as the head coach of the steel you know you've got let's just say 10 players for sure coming back next year and you need another 10 when you're out recruiting looking for those 10 are you looking for particular role players at that time that you know you want to pigeonhole them, or are you looking for an overall player that you can develop in the position you want them to be? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, we don't we don't like to uh, pigeonhole a player, but there's 
obviously guys are better at certain things, right? So if you're building a house, you can't have all electricians or all plumbers. You need somebody <laughs> to do the framing. You know, you know, Absolutely. everybody has yeah. everybody has a role. Yeah. So I think we're looking for, you know, first of all, a great person. Second of all, you know, does he fit what our plan and our culture and our system is? And 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 third of all. Does, does he fill a role? You know, if we take all top three forwards, we're going to be in trouble because we can't play top three forwards, you know, for 20, 24 minutes a night for everyone. You know, it's yeah. going to have to be a guy that wants to um, be a penalty killer, block shots, stuff like that. So I think it's it's a little bit of both. You know, we're looking at what kind of a person it is, and then we're looking at, okay, how does he fit in with what we have coming back? Is he going to take one of the spots of, like, Peyton Platter who's going to be leaving us next year? Um, you know, and hopefully we're – developing guys from this year's team to step into that role next year and then kind of we fill in around that i'm going to give a shout out to our sponsors here ladies and gentlemen mogi and i uh, when we go out and look for sponsors we're not just looking for people that are going to write a check to us we actually look out for people who we know are reputable individuals and the three people that i'm going to talk about right now chippewa valley orthopedics and sports medicine Great orthopedic surgeons and staff that have helped Mogi and I get back in the game more than once because we're old and we break down easily. <laughs> and then we got Riverside Bike and Skate. Walk in the door. Pat and the boys will take care of you, not only for hockey, but in the off-season for kayaks and canoes. And they are a family-owned business that will see to your needs. And Dooley's Pub. He's on Historic Water Street, and Mike Dooley is a proud sponsor in many ways of athletics throughout the Chippewa Valley. Good food, good service, has your favorite sport on the screen, and I will tell you that those three sponsors were picked because Mogi and I know their reputation, and we would appreciate if you have the opportunity to stop in and say hi that you do so. Moog? That's absolutely correct, and I, I feel the same way as JC. So, Coach, you followed Casey in Rochester. You followed Casey here with the steel. And my original question was, you know, did you ever get a chance to coach with him? And it sounds like you did have a chance to work with him a little bit, but where did this relationship even begin? So we were close to working together, really close. Uh, but we, um, Casey, Casey, when he came to town, when he took the job in Rochester, um, Mike Akins was, was the assistant coach back then and Aix and I grew up together. So Aix, I was in real estate when I was in Rochester. So Aix called and he's like, Hey, we got this kid coming in from the East coast. We need, we need to help him find a place to live. So Casey and I met, had lunch, looked at a few different places. Um, and that's kind of how our friendship started then. And, and he, he was, uh, he was good to put me on the, the guest list, the pass list for the Grizzlies games. Unless they were playing against my boy, then he made me pay to get in. So, you know, you guys know Casey. So, <laughs> that's awesome. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how it started. You know, the, the plan was, you know, when he got the job here, he called and he said, you want to come over and be an assistant for me here? And the timing just wasn't right. You know, my kids were at a place where they were in school. Everything was good in Rochester with, with my situation there, with work and with the Grizzlies. So it, it just wasn't right. I said, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be too tough to do it right now, you know, maybe down the, down the road a little bit. And then, uh, so then he, then he, how far do you want me to go? Like to, to, today? Yeah, keep going. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so he, uh, so then he called me, um, probably about a month before he got the job in Chippewa and he said, Hey, if I leave, would you come here? And I said, well, you know, I'm open to talk to Kelly and, you know, if it's the right fit, then, you know, I'm, I'm open to it. 
So maybe two weeks later, I get a call from Chris Brown from Fairbanks. And he said, hey, tell me about Casey. So I was like, oh, okay, I kind of know what's going on here now. So so I talked to Brownie, you know, and obviously it had nothing but good things to say about Casey. Um, so then, you know, we were in um, Prior Lake for pre-draft camp, and obviously I was working for the Bruins still at that time. And Casey said, hey, I got the job. I'm, I think I'm going to take it. So that kind of triggered the, the – um, conversation with Kelly and uh, Casey and I were actually in Green Bay for their for their main camp at the time so I did an interview over the phone and she offered me the job the next day so that's kind of how I ended up here Um, so then my wife said oh Casey's going to Fairbanks does that mean we have to start planning to move to Alaska here in a couple of years (laughs) that's what I was thinking where's this gonna end I said said, if Casey if Casey keeps getting good jobs uh, you know I'll keep following Absolutely. He's a snowplow and you're ready to follow right behind. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. As you're with your tenure right now, uh, albeit in your first year, what player on the steel has impressed you the most? You know, I I'd have to say Peyton Platter. He's he's been um you know, I knew he was good, and I've actually known him. I played with Bruce at River Falls for one year. I think he was there. Um, so I've known Pate. I've, I've known of Peyton, and I've, I've met him when he was very young. Um, didn't really get to know him real well till this year. But I think, you know, he's when he's on his game, he's a man out there, and and he's been, you know, a great leader for us. And and he's uh, he he does things out there, and he can control the game. And and it's um, like he's he's probably the one. Um, you know, after that, there's probably, I'd have to say, um, you know, almost all the guys have really impressed me on, on how willing they are to get better and how they, um, you know, they're coachable and the improvement that I've seen it as individuals for a lot of the younger guys, uh, they've all impressed me. That's good. That's, that's, that's good to hear. So they put together a good team and yeah, nice again, Casey. You know, you. Casey just build builds it, and then yeah. I come in and take yeah, all the nice. glory. There so you hopefully go. we can <laughs> thanks, Case. Turn it around, turn it around here the second half. So. You know, we've talked a little bit about the NAL, in other words, the North American Hockey League, and and for some of our listeners that may not know that, we're talking about a junior, for lack of better terms, B team compared to an A of the United States Hockey League. Would that be a, a good way, or is that a poor way of describing it? Um, it it's it's classified as tier two, so it's classified as a as a level lower. I think, um, you know, obviously they've got elite players in that league, but I think if you go, you know, again, like with the comparison to the NA three, if you take the the top six and the top, you know, three D out of the equation, and then you put our top six and or, or top three and our top two or three d kind of in that mix with their their bottom end i think it's very close and and it's a lot of uh you know like uh frank Saratori at air force he 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 says he prefers prefers his guys to play in the north american league because they have to grind a little harder it's not as as skilled of a game um you know i think there's very skilled players very skilled teams um so like I, a and b i don't know if it's quite that cut and dry but it's yeah. It's, um, you know, they've got elite players. I've heard the same comparison between D1 and D3 hockey, where you take the first line out and maybe the second line of D1 and you start plugging in those D3 guys. They, 
a lot of those guys could play at that level. Yep, I think so. Um, you know, especially if you look at like Adrian the last couple of years, they've been, you know, yeah. really powerful. Um uh, St. Norbert's always has a good club, so you know they've got they've got guys, and and a lot of times, um, you know, some of those players like the Hicks guys. I'm sure they, you know, Mark and Alex, they could have played Division One somewhere. Yeah. Um, but what role would they have had? You know, I think that's the other question. So, sure. Would they be Would they be a third or fourth line guy at a, on a D1 school where they could go be a stud at a D3 school? You know, that's that's some of the questions. So. So we talked a little bit about Casey going up to Fairbanks, and he's in Alaska. And you, you guys, at the beginning of your season, took a three-week trip up there. Can you kind of tell us about that? How does that come about? How'd, how'd the trip go? So we, with our division, we've got the three Alaska teams. So we've got Anchorage, Fairbanks, and Kenai. So we've got two trips a year that we take up there, and we play for two weekends. So it's usually about a 10-day trip. Um, the first trip this year was was interesting. We we flew into Anchorage and we were supposed to get on a bus right from the airport and go to Kenai. Um, flew into flew into Anchorage. The weather was terrible. the the roads The roads to Kenai were basically untravelable, so they ended up shutting the highway down for two days. So we were stuck in Anchorage. Um, so I called Trevor Stewart at UAA and and I said, Hey, is there any way we can get on the ice? And he said we don't have a Zamboni driver. So I first called Anchorage, the Wolverines, and, and they said the same thing. We don't have our lot plowed. We don't have a, we don't have a Zam driver. So Stewie let us come over and we um, got to use their weight room and their gym. So the guys at least had some activity. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of stuck in a hotel for a couple of days in Anchorage. Ooh. And then we finally got to, we finally got out um, Friday morning, um, made it to Kenai and we didn't didn't have time to get on the ice or anything. We basically got there just in time for our pregame meal. Got checked in the hotel. The boys had a nap. We went to the rink and we played. So it was it was an interesting trip. <laughs> then we ended up having to leave at like six a.m. on whatever day we were traveling back to Anchorage to fly to Fairbanks because the the forecast was freezing rain. So if that pass got too icy they you know with the bus you can't get up and down through the mountains there so so it was interesting we ended up getting to um getting to anchorage flight was delayed uh, delayed about an hour i think um we got into fairbanks the the fairbanks high school coach was gracious enough to uh allow us to take part of their their ice so at least our guys could get on the ice i think we were on the ice for maybe 20 or 30 minutes um that first night when we got there and then ended up playing Friday, Saturday there and flew out late Saturday night after. And I think we got back to town here maybe 3 p.m. the next day. So it was, wow. yeah, it was an wow. interesting trip. Interesting. Yeah. Is that the, the trip where I saw some photos of the guys pushing the bus out of a snowbank? <laughs> it was three, three times the bus got stuck and the boys <laughs> had to push it. So, yeah. So it was interesting. Another thing with, you know, uh, going over to UAA. Uh, Robert Morris was in town to play UAA, and so we we got to watch Robert Morris practice. And then um, with no Zamboni driver, the the Anchorage guys were getting on the ice with shovels, and they were shoveling the ice so that they could have a little skate right after Robert Morris got done. So Stewie said, "Rats, I can't let you on the ice. It's going to tear it up too much." So, <laughs> we were happy just to get out of the hotel, out of the bus, you know, have a little bit of physical activity. So so that was a rough trip. It, it was, you know, it was, it was, um, we had some team bonding 
uh, planned, and I think we didn't do any of the stuff we had planned, but there were plenty of other things that the boys did to, to bond on that trip just through the, the circumstances. Great memories, though. Yeah. yeah you know, remember good. that time we had to push the bus out <laughs> the bank three times? Okay. So, Coach, you've been... Have you done a whole circuit of the Null so far? Uh, we have not been to Anchorage yet. Okay. So that's the only team we have not been to. So up to this point, favorite barn you visited and why? Oh, I think it's got to be Anchorage. It's just wild in there. Or I'm sorry, uh, Fairbanks. It's, um, it's, it's wild. It's 2,000-plus people, and they're banging on the glass, and they're calling you whatever. They won't feel like calling you at that time. And... Um, you know that place is just rocking, and they're they're a little hostile, so it's kind of it's kind of fun. <laughs> and it was really fun to win in there. Oh boy, quite those bad boys down yeah. up there, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's always good. You guys good. have to wear helmets coming out of the stadium then. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they clear out pretty fast after the game, so they weren't really waiting for us. Okay. And what are there thirty-two teams in the all? Something like yeah. that, mold? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you've had your fair share of seeing teams around and Fairbanks. Okay, we got to remember that. Might Absolutely. be a road trip one day. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> never know. All right, so you've got this um, null barn in your mind. we got the player that surprised you. Um, what team has been the team that you feel has given you their best so far this year? That's a great question. Uh, we've had some great battles with Janesville. Um we swept them the first series, and then this last weekend or two weeks ago, they, they beat us in overtime. A really good game. Um, as far as who's had our number, I think it's the Wilderness. You know, we beat them that first, the first time we played them, and then I think they beat us the last uh, five or six, I think. So good games, but, you know, they just have something on us that we're trying to figure hump. out. Yeah, so yeah. we play them on Wednesday. So, um, you know, we know what they do. It's just a matter of can we execute and, and beat them at what, what they do so yeah all right good to give another shout out here to uh our sponsors computer recovery associates specialize in removing monetizing and recycling computer hardware from large data centers whether you're looking to relocate repurpose sell or recycle computer recovery associates can help check them out at computerrecoveryassociates.com <clears throat> and thanks to our friends at market and johnson longtime supporters of the great game of hockey and youth throughout the Chippewa Valley region and Eau Claire Ford and Lincoln Quick Lane with a large selection of new and used vehicles available. They buy nice used vehicles any day of the week except on Sundays. Eau Claire Ford is here for all your parts and service needs for your vehicle. Ask us about our pickup and delivery options as well as Saturday service appointments. Visit them today in store or online at www.eauclaireford.com. Eau Claire Ford, Lincoln Quick Lane proud sponsor of the breakout sessions podcast we've talked a little bit coach about what you look for in a player are you a hands-on person when it comes to recruiting or is that somebody else's job in the all it's uh it's a team it's a team effort it's uh an, again casey built a great staff here so basically um i walked into a great situation we've got two assistant gms brandon ferns is in minnesota and um steve williams is out east in in pennsylvania and and the amount of guys that they see and identify is is mind-boggling you know we've got a group text and and they'll They'll shoot over, you know, 20 different players, and then they'll say, hey, what'd you think, Rats? And I'll be like, well, who are we talking about? You know, you guys sent me so many guys, I don't know who we're talking about. Um, 
<laughs> so so they do a phenom- phenomenal job. And then we've got scouts in Michigan, a couple more in Minnesota, um, and then another one out east. So we've got we've got the whole country covered, and then we have um, some connections overseas too. So we have guys that are sending us players um, uh, from Slovakia, Frank. Our, our friend from Slovakia just called me the other day and he's got a goalie for us to watch. So, um, and he's oh, the one who sent, sent Adam, one? he's the one who sent Adam over. So, oh, I mean, that's, oh, yeah. nice. so it's, so it's a, it's a team effort. You know, I'd say those guys do probably the majority of the work because, you know, we're busy with running the team here. Um, so during the season, they're doing a lot of the work. I like to get out myself cause I love watching hockey and I love, uh, you know, meeting people and, and just identifying players as well. So, I, I like to get out, but usually they've already tipped me off. You know who who are you? Who I should be watching when I get out? So I don't want to put you on the spot here and don't answer if you're not comfortable. But are you considering any local players? We've had um, Jackson Home and uh, Mason Johnson skated with us before their high school season started. Both very nice players. Um, Drew Bovey was at camp and then he had that wrist injury, so he was kind of healing up so he has he didn't get a chance to skate with us before the season and then uh gus thorpe obviously the 07 defenseman for chai high um all very good players and and it's you know it's kind of one of those things that we'll just keep watching them and hopefully after the season's over we get them on the ice with us again and then we can kind of kind of see where they're going to fit in um would love to have local guys on the team but we also want it to be the right fit, so it's Absolutely. it's not have you know taking an taking an opportunity away from them where they could be playing um, somewhere else. But we're kind of you know trying to keep them here just because you know they're they're local. So it, if it's the right fit, absolutely we want them. You know, but we also want to make sure that it's you know they're going to be playing. They're not sitting in the stands and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's got to be it's got to be the right fit. All right. When you're looking at these players, whether they're outside, inside, or whatever, when you're looking at them, is there, and then you end up recruiting them, is there a chance that they will get pulled up into the USHL permanently? And if so, is that like, hey, we're happy for him, or no, we really don't want to lose that guy? <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it, it's a little bit of both. And my, you know, my history has been try to develop players and, and get them opportunities at higher levels. Um, you know, there's, there's other schools of thought where, Hey, you know, we put work into these guys and, and we're just not going to give them up. Um, to me, I think, you know, just, just doing the right thing by the players to give them that opportunity, what they do with it, I guess is up to them. Um, we've had, uh, Talon blank played six games for Sioux city this year. Uh, both goalies got pulled up, um, over, world junior and the world junior a challenge um so and then uh mason peepenberg played two games for des moines a couple weeks ago so and, and lucas peterson i guess is still in green bay he's probably going to finish the season with them and wow. that's where he started so i mean okay he, he yeah. was he was with them they sent him down to us and um then pulled him back up so to me i think um <clears throat> success can be measured in trophies uh, obviously we like to win and, and that's, and that's a thing that we strive for, but also I think it's, you know, getting guys opportunities, whether it's, um, college opportunities or opportunities, at USHL. So you get these kids, I mean, typically a lot of the guys run through high school, right? They go through high school and then you get them for two years, maybe three. Mm-hmm. It's such a short, short window. Um, how do you do it? I mean, you know, how, how did, 
how do you take that kid and, and understand, okay, here's what he's got, here's what he's got to work on, and we have to get him to this point to get him on to the next level. Yep. So, and the kids are at all different levels, right? Right, yeah. So it's, it's, um, part of it is identifying, you know, what are they good at, what do they need work on, and then part of it is just communication with, you know, if, if it's um, like Lucas Peterson from Green Bay, you know, I got on the phone with Mike Leone and I just said, hey, what would you like to see him improve on so we just just so we know what can we focus on to get him ready to come back to you if if that opportunity comes so i think i think that's one of the thing and and i've been blessed to have relationships with uh you know all different level coaches so um you know i think it's just communicating you know what what would you what would you like to see out of this guy and same with colleges if um one of the things we do is we sit down, we have a meeting with all the players at the beginning of the season and we say, you know, what are your dream schools that you'd want to play for? What schools, you know, what's your next tier? So then we start to try to introduce those players to those colleges and those coaches just so get them on their radar. And then if it's, um, you know, if it's, if it's whoever and they're talking to them and, they're interested, but not quite ready to pull the trigger. You know, it's like, okay, what do you want to see? What, what does he need to do to be ready to, to be a badger, you know? So, um, I think that's kind of maybe cheating a little bit, trying to figure it out, but maybe it's just, uh, you know, trying to just help the kid out. I I think that's great. You know, obviously they want to use this as a stepping stone to get to that next level and asking those coaches what they need to see from those kids. I mean, then it's not guesswork anymore. You're not drawing, you know, drawing straws it's like okay here's what you need to do you need to be more aggressive going in the corners you know you need to be stronger on your stick and in this lot whatever you know do you or do people in your coaching staff then have avenues to these d1 coaches you know i mean if i sit down and i i'm your player and i say coach i i want to play for the badgers someday what do i need to do and what do i need to get noticed i mean do you have Hastings' number and you just dial him up and say, come look at this kid, or how does that work? <laughs> you know, so I've known Mike not real well, but I've known Mike for, I guess, uh, like almost my whole career because he played he played for the Mustangs actually when I was in high school. So he was one of the guys that played for Frank Saratori in Rochester. So we were around that team, got to get on the ice with him, practice with him at, you know, after the high school season was over. So you know, I, I, we've known each other, you know, not real well for a long time, but he, you know, he's one that I'm comfortable to talk with. Um, Nodder's kind of my guy that I, I know better. So, you know, shooting a text with Nodder, hey, you know, this, this kid's interested. You know, I think you should get out and see him. Um, you know, same things. He, he, was, he was here, <clears throat> I think it was the game right before Christmas break against the Wilderness when we lost in overtime. And one of our guys changed in overtime when we didn't have possession and I and I walking around the end of the rink and he was standing there and I said Nader can you believe that he changed when we didn't have possession and he goes rats we do we have the same problems at Wisconsin sometimes so you know, it's like, <laughs> yep. Yep. so we're we're um you know I, I think just between our whole staff we have relationships with a lot of a lot of D1 schools um so it's and if we don't know them you know I'm comfortable to just try to make that connection and, and just say, Hey, we've got a kid here that, you know, you might want to take a look at. So, um, I think it's just, um, reaching out a lot of times. 
So tell us about a typical day for you, middle of the season. What do you do? You wake up in the morning. What happens? Let's say on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. So Tuesday or Wednesday, Mogi, because uh, oh, very <laughs> different. Well, maybe you give us a little bit of what your week no, looks so, like then. So, <laughs> so Mondays, you know, we, we have um, the boys are the boys are working out at eight thirty at the Y on on Wednesdays and or Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, we have a team meeting at nine thirty every day, and then we get on the ice at ten thirty to about noon. Um, you know, within the week, there could be uh, individual skill sessions before practice where we're getting guys out on the ice, you know, as a small group, just working on little things. Um, it could be, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm actually living at Casey's place in Eau Claire. So usually I start my morning out, you know, about 6, 6.30 and I'm just doing some stuff there, whether it's on my computer or just getting kind of set up for the day. Um, and then I usually get over here probably between 7.30 and 8 um, so that I'm ready for when the guys get here and and have practice planned. We're looking at, you know, film of, of players that we might be recruiting. We're looking at film of uh, who we're playing this weekend, you know, what their tendencies are. Um, so it, it's it's kind of day-to-day, but it's it's a routine, but it changes within the routine, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. Um, and then there's getting out, meeting sponsors, you know, just – popping into to, uh, different sponsors throughout the week and maybe give them a couple of tickets, thank them for being partners with us. Um, it might be, um, you know, meeting with youth, the Youth Hockey Association. We do that on the first Tuesday of every month. Um, it's, what else? The guys are volunteering all the time at different schools. They're doing all kinds of stuff, and I like to pop in and just say hello once in a while and and so we're kind of we're kind of out out and about and we're um you know so it varies but it's kind of uh and then it might be running over to minnesota or or a, or a rink in wisconsin to scout on tuesdays and thursday nights sure yeah. so okay. yeah we you know that segue is kind of what you were saying into a question we have or we talked about earlier and that's the community relation that the steel have with the chippewa falls city and, and the chippewa valley in general for that matter so do you guys build that relationship, you know, on a continual basis? Is it a set schedule that you have to do things? What's the routine for this deal? It's it's not really a set schedule. It's um, it's kind of like if somebody reaches out and they say, are you guys available and are you interested in participating with, I think like tonight is get out and learn, which is uh, the goal, um, beginners, skating program or or, or uh, whatever it is kind of like uh, in minnesota we called it try hockey for free um okay. so they've got uh 20 kids that are going to be coming out today and we'll have five or six guys out there that hop on the ice with them and you know it's probably pushing a kid around in a chair that can't skate or it's dragging a kid around and and you know just being out there to encourage them and and have fun with them um so it's it's not really a set schedule but it's when people reach out and they say, are you interested? You know, a lot of times it's like, yeah, we want to get back to the community. And I think it's important for, for these kids to, to learn at this age that, you know, you were that guy one, one day. Yeah. So yeah, it, it might've been a while ago, yeah. but you know, you were, you were that little guy that was trying to learn how to skate and, you know, think back was, was there anybody that helped you? And a lot of them, maybe there wasn't. So, you know, I think it's a big deal for these guys to get out and, and be, uh, be, role models and be heroes for some of these young kids that are just starting out. That's, you know, I, I, I love that. I love that. And 
with that, moving on to my next question is, you hear a lot of parents, that's incorrect, you hear some parents say, my kid was good enough, but you know they didn't get noticed, or we live in a location where you know, there's no scouts. In your opinion, if a kid's good enough, are there scouts in the areas that you're going to get noticed? I would say nowadays, yes, because with Live Barn and with everything else, um, you, you know, it's, it, it's, you're going to be seen, you know, good or bad. So I think, I think nowadays, I, I don't think there's a, an excuse that there aren't scouts because, and, and they're always watching our, our guy, Steve Williams out in, um, out in Pennsylvania. He called me one day and he said, I just watched all the games from the Holinka cup, you know, like one night, he just like buzzed through them. And I was just like, wow, that's crazy. You know? So, um, I think, I think, you know, you can get noticed and there's enough exposure camps and pre-draft camps and main camps and all different things that you can go to, um, where you're going to have eyes on you. Um, funny story we had uh when i was in rochester um i got a text from steve howard the the bruins coach and and he said hey rats just wanted to give you a heads up um the assistant gm from the chicago blackhawks is gonna he's asking if he can come watch your practice on thursday or whatever day it was and i'm sitting there thinking and then he repeats on the voice message, "Yeah, you heard me right, the Chicago Blackhawks." <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there wow. just like crazy. So, sure enough, you know, we get to the rink, and this guy's sitting up there, and he comes down afterward. And Mark Bernard, nice to meet you guys. You know, and it turns out that he was in Rochester for some clinic appointments, and he's like, "I've heard good things about, you know, the North American League, the North American Three, um, just." wondered if I'd stop in so you know those those hockey guys they're they're in the rink all the time and and so I think it, it you know with with live barn and stuff to get back to the question I think there's eyes on you no matter where you are so yeah well so did you give him your number in case there was a spot open or <laughs> actually you know <laughs> he's a great guy and, and he'll he'll text me he'll text me once in a while when he's going to be in the area and just say hey you want to grab coffee or something like that so yeah he's he, he's a great guy. Very cool. It's very cool. So you're new to the area. Um, anything that's pleasantly surprised you in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Valley area? Everything. I love it here. Love it's it. Pretty cool yeah. area, isn't it's it? It's awesome. It's awesome. And I had no idea because, honestly, when I would be over here, it was either playing in Eau Claire or coaching a team, um, like a fall team. We did a thing where we'd come over and play TW once in a while. Um, so it was either – just going to Hobbs or it was coming over to watch one of Casey's games and it would be dark on the drive in dark on the way home. So I didn't really get to enjoy anything uh, except for the Mexican restaurant where my wife wanted to go. Cause I'd usually drag her over here with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> nice. so, so no, it's been everything, um, you know, beautiful area. Um, the golf courses, you know, don't have a whole lot of time to golf, but I have been out a couple of times. Um, yeah, everything. I love it. And and it was it was encouraging um when my wife said something about, Hey, I saw this house and I was like, What do you mean? We don't need another house and she's like, Oh, it's in Eau Claire. You know, or, or it's in Chippewa and I was like, Oh really? You're starting to you're starting to look okay. some roots, look out. Oh nice. Division one or division three, set it aside. Any idea what the percentage of kids from the Null make it to play college hockey? 
Oh, that's a great question and something I, pr- I should probably know um, just for recruiting purposes. But I would say it's very, it's very high um, to play at any level coming out of the North American League. It's very high. I think it's either uh, they choose to play or they choose not to play. You know, some okay. some some players just decide after their junior career, hey, I'm I'm ready to you know just go to school and focus on that and and not play anymore. So I would say rather you know, it's probably not a they didn't make it. It's probably they chose not to play. So oh. you're midway through the season or roughly midway. What are we expecting from the Chipwell Steel going forward from today? Hopefully it's not to make the same mistakes that we've been making in the first half of the season. So, (laughs) you know, with with every coach's goal, with the the young, with the young group, you know, it it seems like lately we've been our own worst enemy and, and, you know, beating ourselves. Um, So hopefully we can just kind of mature in the game and, and hopefully uh, start to take care of the details a little more consistently and, and the results should take care of themselves. Nice. When you go into a game, do you have a stat in your head that says I want, you know, these amount of shots blocked, or I only want this amount of shots on net, and I want us to have this amount of shots on net? Is there something in your mind that says that those are goals you want for a game? Yes, and I think it's um, shots. Yes, but I think more importantly than that, it's probably scoring chances because if you're giving up shots from the perimeter. Um, you know, with the with the goaltenders we have, that's probably an okay shot. We'll give that up. But mm-hmm. if we if we're giving up grade A chances, you know, right in the slot, that's that's something that's probably going to end up costing us. So so I think it's more obviously we'd like to you know limit to twenty or, or less shots against. Uh, but I think it's like can we limit it to you know the minimum amount of grade A chances and, and good scoring chances to the other team and then and then on the other end it's like we got to get to the front of the net we need to be in that hard area we need to you know penetrate the middle of the ice so that we're getting those grade A chances so yes you, you don't want to be taking now, hard shots numbers uh-uh. you know hard numbers i guess um, we could throw some numbers at it but there's going to be teams that you know that number is going to adjust because just sure. the way they just the way they play and stuff like that. Obviously, we'd like to keep it as low as possible. Um, but like Janesville, they're they're real explosive. The Wilderness, <clears throat> I think they just lost Dom's for the rest of the year, so that that might be uh, to the USHL. So that you know he's been one that's hurt us a little bit this year. Um, but they still have players that can make plays and and they're offensive. So it's like, how can we defend the best we can defend and keep them from getting those those good chances yeah you know i've got uh one last question for you and that's i think it's only fair we give a shout out to your your assistants and your coaching staff can you tell us a little bit who they are and, and a little bit about their background yeah so steve doherty he's the assistant coach and he is um he's from out east and he was a friend of casey's from when they were younger so he he brought him in and you know with with casey's grand grand plan of how things were going to work you know you live in my apartment you keep keep the coaches and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's all been working out great. It's, um, you know, Steve's a, a development guy as well. He, he, his specialty is probably um, skill development, individual, one-on-one, that kind of stuff. So he's been fantastic in that department. Um, and then Dan Haney, our goalie coach, um, he's, the, he's the best goalie coach that I've worked with, you know, all, you know, all of the time I've been in hockey. So... Um, he's fantastic. Like he's so detailed. He'll take notes of 
everything and give you know give these guys feedback and what to work on he's over two days a week to work with aj and carter and and uh you know i can't again i can't say enough uh good things about the staff that casey built here and you know kind of put me in a good situation when i got here both those goalies are going d1 too Yes. So that says yep. a little something about his coaching, I would yep. say. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic. And, and, you know, AJ, um, we've had, I think probably one or two NHL teams in the building almost every night. So, um, we'll see what happens with that. You know, maybe we can, maybe he can follow in Adam's footsteps and, and, uh, might get drafted this year. So it'll be interesting. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, you've mentioned Casey a lot, coach, but I got to tell you, you're no slouch yourself. So, uh, I'm a tre- I'm a tremendous slouch. <laughs> See, I'm old enough to be able to throw that kind of stuff at you, right? You say that nowadays, and these kids don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, we wish you uh, success here, and and it's been just a pleasure having you on. It's uh, we appreciate your time. Well, Thanks, coach. Yeah, it. thank you. Uh, you know, again, uh, you know how I got on your list. I don't know, but but I appreciate you guys and all you guys do, and and. For all, all the all the great people that you bring to uh, Chippewa, the to Chippewa Valley, you know, through your podcast and across the country and and stuff, it's it's great to listen to. Thank oh, you, thank we you. Appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, please don't forget to give us a comment. Uh, visit our sponsors. We truly appreciate it. It helps us keep us in the game. Mogi? Again, a huge thank you to our special guest, Chris Ratzloff, as well as you folks, our faithful listeners. Please remember to stop in and say hello to our sponsors, Riverside Bike and Skate. Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, Dooley's Pub, Computer Recovery Associates, Eau Claire Ford, and Market and Johnson. Again, follow us on your favorite social media platforms. And remember, folks, until next time, keep your head on a swivel and stay on your inside edge.